All right. Well, I've got a word for you um, this morning, and uh, there's kind of two parts to it, but I'm going to begin with a word that, uh, that the Lord just downloaded to me uh, at the beginning of this year, and here we are already in February. We're still in the beginning, but this was a little while back, um, and uh, so I'm just going to share this with you. Uh, I was spending some time praying. I've got a special prayer spot that I really like to go to. I don't want to tell you where it is because then you'll go there. It's great. It's a good one. Oh, it's probably the most anointed place in Lane County. What's that, Lord? Don't tell them. Okay, I won't. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. There's everywhere you pray is a very special spot. But here's, here's, what, uh, here's what he shared with me. I'll give you a hint. It's by the river. I'll give you a hint. You might see me there at some point if the Lord directs you. So um, at any rate, there was a word in 2020 uh, that was, you guys remember that? Remember back in 2020, about four years ago? And, uh, and th- there were a lot of prophetic words and they were kind of right on the, no- the nose. And, um, and, and it was this, that we were going to have 2020 vision in 2020. Does anybody remember hearing some headlines like that or different people saying that? No, seriously, raise your hand. Did anybody remember hearing that? 2020 in 2020, yeah. And it was kind of on the nose, but here's the reason why I was okay with it because I'm, I'm a grandpa now. And I get to meet my granddaughter here in a couple of months. And I know that's good. That's really worth rejoicing. So I'm going to be Poppy. Karen is somewhere between Nani and Noni. But apparently, Evie Lou gets to choose what she's going to call us. I guess we'll be okay with that at that point. I don't know. I'm new to this. But here's where this all connects to the sermon. That is that uh, the 2020 in 2020 sounds kind of like a dad joke. But I figure God's okay with it because he's our dad. And so as a grandpa, I've been really leaning into dad jokes now. They've just got like a new, new zest to that. Did I tell you guys last week that I bought Kyle a dad joke, joke book? Kyle is our, is our, uh, is our janitor here, and he's always telling Mark Wall dad jokes. And Mark loves it. He just loves it. And he was starting to run out. Mark does not love it. And so I got Kyle a new book of dad jokes, and Mark almost quit. But the Lord told him that he's called him here, so he's still here. But I feel like that's like a next level dad joke on my part. That's next level. At any rate, I was okay with 2020 and 2020. Here was the, here was the, 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 the uh, message behind that. The message behind 2020 in 2020 was that God was going to bring a clarity of vision to his people, that he was going to cause us to see more clearly than we had seen before in 2020. And that was a word that was, that was very, it was consistent. You know, you had like big time prophetic voices that have got a great track record. And then you had like, you know, Sally down the street that's like, man, the Lord told me that it's going to be 2020 and 2020. He was just speaking to his people. How many of you guys know that we can hear the voice of the Lord? And so here's what happened. That did happen um, over the last four years, but not in the way that probably most of us necessarily had hoped over the last four years, what we've seen is pastors, leaders, and world leaders have been exposed to the light in ways that have been devastating. Um, that behaviors and situations have been brought into the light. They're not new, but they are being newly revealed. And over the last four years, we have seen that. And how many of you guys know that God has said, I, judgment starts in my own house. I'm not gonna go out and bring a judgment outside of my house. In other words, I'm not going to come and cause people to reap what they've been sowing outside of my house if I won't do it with my own kids first. I mean, that makes sense, right? He starts with his own kids. 
It's like, I'm not going to hold people that don't even acknowledge me to a standard that I'm not even holding my own children to. And so what we've seen is that, guys. We've seen pastors and leaders and ministries, and we've also seen leaders that are in the public square and the sins that have been hidden, the behaviors, the, the brokenness, the, the, the destructive things, God has been bringing them to the light, amen? And it's been hard because honestly, as this has been happening, I don't know about you guys, but this has caused a lot of us to rightfully want God to step into the situation that we just found out about and fix it. At one point I was talking to the Lord, I was like, God, this is insane. This is so crazy. I mean, we got the Russia thing going on, Lord, and Ukraine, and Lord, we've got the stuff going on in Israel, Lord Jesus, and we've got all this corruption in these different areas, and Lord, we've got leaders that are falling, and terrible things happening, and cult-like behaviors, and oh my goodness, Lord, and then who even knows what's going to happen with the economy? I was just having a real wine fest, and uh, and I'm like, Lord, I'm freaking out. There's a lot going on. He goes, I know. And that's just the stuff you know about. Like, <laughs> it reminds me of when, when they asked, when Jesus says, be anxious for nothing. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow has plenty of its own trouble. You're like, first you're comfortable. You're like, hey, wait, what? I just love that. That never hits for anyone else. It must be like an inside thing for me. Like he's trying to comfort us and he tells us, oh, don't worry about tomorrow. There'll be plenty to worry about tomorrow. It doesn't feel right, Jesus. It feels it's right because he'll be with us, amen? But as these things have been coming to the light, then each of us has had a unique opinion on how it should be done and what God should do. Has anybody experienced that, right? It's like you become aware of a new problem. You're like, oh, Lord, I know exactly what you need to do now. Thanks for letting me know. Let me write you your to-do list. And, um, and he, has not, he has not, I don't know about you guys, but he hasn't been paying a lot of attention to my timelines. How are you guys doing? Yeah. All right. So, so we've all experienced this. We have our own perspectives. We have our own things that, that we feel like that should go a certain way. But here's what I've experienced. And I, wanna, I want you to answer me this. What I have experienced in this last four years is that God has been like silent in some ways, at least in my relationship with him, that usually he and I are conversing about things. There's been a certain silence, a certain let me, let, me, let me tell you what I'm talking about. In John, it says, I no longer call you servants for a servant doesn't know what their master is doing, but I call you friends for I tell you all things. You guys familiar with that? So it's, it's appropriate that as God's friends that he's telling us like, hey, here's what I'm up to. And most of us experience that most of the time. Are you guys with me? But in this last season, I have noticed that he has been not telling me what he's up to in a lot of ways that he normally does. Has anybody else experienced that in the last four years? Just sort of, but keep them up. I mean, truly, like if, that, if you've experienced that, I really would like to see just because I feel so alone. I want to make sure I'm still saved. Okay, so you, you have, thank you, for, thank you for that. Yeah, you've experienced that. Many of us have experienced that. Him being silent in places that normally he would be quicker to say, hey, here's what, here's what I've got going on. Start praying this way. Start leaning into this this way. There's been a certain sense of I'm not talking to you about that right now. In this last 10 months, and I shared with you guys, this is kind of part two. I, I preached a sermon about grace a couple weeks ago. And um, if you missed it, I want you to go back and listen to it. This is part two to that, to that sermon. Um, but in this last year, my wife came down with a disorder. It's a, uh, a neurological disorder. It's caused by overactive husbands who talk too much. 
Well, it's a, it's a theory I have, but at any rate, it's been really challenging. It's been really challenging. It, she experiences a lot of pain and a lot of like being overwhelmed by uh, stimuli because it's, it's, an, it's based neurologically. It's in her brain. She doesn't have any control over that, but it manifests in her body. So there's just consistent pain. So we're dealing with all these new things of like not sleeping at night, which is awesome. That's my favorite part about it. It's been terrible. It's been really, really hard. You guys have been amazing. Thank you for your prayers. And so we're learning some new rhythms. But in this, Karen's health has been a huge point of frustration for me in this last year. So on top of this other stuff going on, we got some stuff going on in our home that's been really frustrating for me. Has anybody else got some stuff going on in your home that's been just like, wow, Lord, wow, I need grace for this. Okay, so I want you to go back and listen to that grace message from a couple weeks ago, if you haven't, I, I think you'll be encouraged. He's, he says grace is sufficient. But in this time, I got to tell you that God has revealed something. This is my story, but I want you to, if you can gather something from this, I, it's going to serve to this point that I'm coming to. But as I've been going through this last year, God started revealing in my heart, like, hey, part of you is really mad at me. How many of you guys have ever been really mad at God, but you're not admitting it to yourself, right? You're just sort of like... Ugh. Maybe he's not being so quiet. Maybe I'm just ignoring him now. But honestly, what it came down to was this. In the midst of this season, I got to a point where I'm like, I don't really feel like spending some intimate time singing to you about how fancy and good and healing you are while I'm in the middle of waiting for you to use your fancy good healing powers to the person who's my wife. And I didn't know this had happened until he showed me, because I really do love him. It wasn't like all of my heart was like, I don't like you anymore. But there's a part of me, are you guys with me? There's part of me that's just like, it's like this. I, have you guys, you guys have experienced, if you don't have kids yet, you'll experience it, but you've probably seen it happen with your brother, your sister, your nephew, your, your, your friend, right? Little toddler, you leave him with the babysitter and you go away as a parent. And that's fine. And you come back a few hours later, having had a great date away from your sweet little biscuit. And you get back and they're like, won't, they're, they're glad you're there and they might even like give you a hug or whatever, but they won't look you in your eyes. Does anybody, you know what I'm talking about? They like won't look you in the eyes for a little while because they're like, you left. And like, so they'll hang out, but they're like. And after a little while, they look back in your eyes like, all right, fine, I guess you're not leaving. You know what I'm talking about? Well, I was doing that with God. It's like, okay, you're here. I'm glad you're here. But I don't feel like looking in your eyes because here's ultimately what I was realizing that I would rather, at this point, if it comes down to like intimacy with you and looking in your eyes, are you healing Karen? I'd rather you heal Karen. I'm interested in you doing this for me right now. And you're not doing that for me right now. So quite frankly, I'm not real interested in being real intimate with you right now. I'm here, I'm not leaving the house. I just wanna look you in the eyes. And that, that, that came up in my heart. I realized, oh Lord, that's, that's happening right now. That's happening right now. And how many of you guys know it's, there's a temptation to try to judge God according to our own set of circumstances? To, to, right? We're in this place. We have our own perspective. We have our own current understanding. And from that place, the temptation in this life is to judge God from my own perspective, my own experience, from what I'm going through right now. And it's okay to be where you are. It's okay to think from where you are. It's okay to respond. You are where you are, but it's not gonna work very well if I'm trying to bring perfect judgment of what God should be doing 
from my very limited perspective and experience. And really, you know what this is like? This, this is, we, we all experience this in life. Are you guys tracking with me so far? Okay, we experience this in this life. And, and what this is, is this is very much the same story of what we see in a grand narrative that happened with, with Job. And you guys know the story of Job. Job is, Satan is cruising around, walking through the earth, and he comes in and he, he pops into God's, it says that he came before the Lord. And the Lord says, what have you been up to, Satan? And Satan says, I've been walking around the earth and checking things out, essentially. I'm going to paraphrase this. And God says, have you seen my servant Job, who walks in integrity and righteousness? In other words, he goes, oh, you've been on the earth? Let me tell you about my friend. He's flipping awesome. And Satan goes, oh, your friend, your servant, Job. And he says to him, look, Job isn't friends with you. He's not doing the right thing for no reason. He's doing the right thing for what he can get out of it. And the implication here is Job doesn't love you, God, for who you are. He loves you for what you're doing for him. This isn't about that you have any merit or anything a person would want to be friends with you over. It's not your character or your value. You're a lousy friend. The only reason why he cares about you is because of what you do for him. Take away his stuff, he'll curse you to your face. And God says, that's not the case. And Satan says, prove it, essentially. And God says, all right, you can't kill him, but you're going to find that my friend Job is my friend. And he will not do that. So in one day, Job loses 10 kids. He loses all of his money. He loses everything that he owns, absolutely everything except for his wife is still with him. And this is his response in Job uh, 1, 20 through 22. You, you won't see it, but I'm just going to read it to you. It says, so he, this, and, 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 and you guys read the story. I mean, you think the news is bad on your little iPhone or your uh, Android. He's got like servants running up one behind the other. It's like, oh, hey, all your camels just got killed. Hey, the, the, these guys stole all of your sheep. Um, oh, there was a party going on and the house fell in and all your kids are dead. Oh, and by the way, I mean, everything. It's just one after another, message after message. This is his response. Then Job arose and he tore his robe and he shaved his head and he fell on the ground and worshiped. And he said, naked I came from my mother's womb and naked shall I return. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And in all this, Job did not sin or charge God with wrong. He's like, he doesn't owe me anything. I, I showed up here naked. Everything that I have has been a blessing that I got to enjoy, and I appreciate it. And obviously, he's sad. I mean, he's weeping. He tore his clothes and shaved his head. He's grieving. He's not saying, ah, no big. I didn't like those kids anyway. No, he's like, I've lost everything. But here's the thing. Everything I have came from him. And who am I? If I, was, if I only got to enjoy him for the last 20 years, I'm glad I got those 20 years. He doesn't owe me anything. He's my friend. And he did not charge God with, with wrongdoing. And so Satan shows up again. Hey, how you doing? God says, what have you been up to? Now, and he says, well, I've been walking around the earth checking things out. And he says, have you seen my servant Job? In other words, you see that my, my servant Job, my friend, 
is choosing me based on the relationship we have. He's not using me for stuff. You just took all his stuff and he did not sin against me. He didn't turn it against me and blame me for it. And Satan says, well, yeah. I mean, skin for skin. You threaten his health. He'll curse you to your face. And so he says, he's not going to. He's my friend. Satan says, prove it. He says, okay, you can't kill him. And so Satan goes and starts afflicting him with boils. And he's sick. And he's covered in boils. It says he took broken pottery and he would scrape the boils. I can't even imagine. I mean, geez, oh, man, oh. Just, whew. So then his wife is looking at this and she's like, dude, here's what she said, dude. Just kidding. Uh, Job 2.9, his wife said to him, do you still hold fast to your integrity? Curse God and die. But he said to her, and, and don't read this wrong. What he's saying is like, babe, our hearts are broken right now. Like, don't, don't say that. You're speaking foolish. You're, sp- you're speaking as one of the foolish women would speak. In other words, that's not you, hon. Don't, don't even say that. We're not doing that. I know we're broken hearted, but we're not doing that. And he says, shall we receive good from God and not receive evil. And in all this, Job did not sin with his lips. What's the point here? It is that God, he's saying, look, are we gonna say that God is good and he's with us and we're friends with him only when things go right? And all of a sudden, we're not friends if things are going wrong. That's what he's saying. Are we gonna say, oh, if he, it, in other words, is it a real relationship or is it totally based on circumstances? And it says, and catch this, in all this, Job did not sin with his lips. That's, that's my hero right there. As a ranking lip sinner, that somehow the Lord put a microphone in his hand. I'm inspired by this, right? You guys know the proverb, right? Where there are many words, sin is present. I'm like, oh no. You see, this is where each of us, we also experience this in this life. Now, Job, he has been given this opportunity to show something to God in a way that he couldn't have if he had never been through that. And not only did God, it says later, it does say that God then restored everything after this. Job refused to sin against God. And God comes and he vindicates Job. In fact, he even says, Job, you need to pray for your friends because they absolutely did me dirty. And I want you to pray for them because they have sinned with their lips. And after you pray for them so that I don't have to punish them for all that dumb talk, he blessed him and he, and he gave him more kids. Now, I want you to catch this, all right? In this earth, this current earth, it says this earth is going to pass away and God's going to create a new heaven and a new earth. And at that point, as you guys know, when he redeems all things, we'll live on a new earth. There'll be a new heaven. We'll be with God. There will be no more death. There'll be no more disease. There'll be no more injustice. God himself will be the one who governs all things. It will all get redeemed. There will be full justice, full redemption, and full mercy. And death itself will be defeated. Until death is defeated, you realize justice has not fully happened yet on this earth, right? Are you with me? It's coming. There's a lot of mercy and there's a lot of justice that does happen in this earth. But you guys, justice 
is not fully served outside of eternity. Are you with me? We're not going to see that full redemption. So Job was blessed in this life, but he still was pining to see the 10 kids that were dead. He didn't get to see them until he's redeemed in Christ for eternity. Are you with me? So he's still, he's still waiting for the full redemption, but he gets the friendship of God in this. I want to say this because this is important for each of us. If you and I are looking to receive full redemption on this earth and we're going to judge God based on whether or not justice is served in this first earth, you will never be satisfied. It cannot and it will not be done in, the t- in your lifetime. Are you, are you guys with me? And it's in this time, in that in-between time, in these places of silence where we're waiting to understand. Because even Job, when God appeared to him, Job said, what is going on? What are you doing? I'm doing everything you said, and this doesn't seem to be working out. And God says, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Where were you when I created the universe? Where were you when I made Leviathan? He asks Job all of these questions to simply say, this is greater than your understanding. But I am good. He never answers Job's questions. And at the end, Job says, I had heard about you, but now I have seen you. Job is offered an intimacy with God that he did not have previous to that conversation, but it didn't come through knowledge. It came through life. It came through intimacy with God. You guys, the season that we're in right now, I believe the season that we're stepping into right now, it's, if this is always true, but I believe there's an emphasis for us in this year that God's calling and say, you have an opportunity to grow with me in the midst of not having all the knowledge that you'd like to have about what's going on in the earth. And in that time, you're invited In these times, you can give to me a friendship that is different than what you can give to me when everything's just roses and sunshine. When you have full understanding. Are you guys with me? He's offering us to eat from the tree of life instead of the tree of knowledge. That's the story we're in. This year's going to be a loud year, guys. It's going to be a loud year. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's going to be a loud year. (laughs) I know, right? Everyone's like, (laughs) okay. But here's the deal. God is offering us his grace to carry us through this if we choose it. Then for us, this is going to be a great year. And it's going to be a great year of greater intimacy with God and with one another. Where we say, I don't know about this situation that's going on out there, but I know this. He is good. He is with me. He is working. I love him and I love you. And I know you love me. We're going to grow in intimacy with God. He's offering us an opportunity to walk through these times of transitions, times of, I mean, ultimately, it's, there's, it's not even new. We need to understand where we are. He said, there's going to be famines, wars, earthquakes in various places. 
There's going to be pestilence and disease. There's going to be rumors and rumors of wars. But don't worry. That's just the beginning. It all needs to happen. And where darkness increases, my grace will increase all the more. But this gospel must be preached in every tongue, tribe, and nation, and then the end will come. The signs of the times that we need to be looking for is has everybody heard the good news? All the other things are just normal. Normal earthquakes, normal wars, normal famines, normal pestilences, normal rumors of wars. Those are the beginnings of the birth pains. They've been going on for 2,000 years. They will continue. But what we're called to do is to continue to grow in intimacy. And though we might not have answers for how the Ukraine war is going to work out or who's going to win the next election or whether or not Elon Musk's little remote control in the brain is the mark of the beast, I don't know. But I know this. This gospel will be preached in all the earth. And then the end will come because he is patiently desiring that none should perish, but everyone that would choose him would have eternal life. And his patience is why there's more time. Because he's got a lot more sons and daughters he wants to come. Are you guys with me? That's the invitation. So, so what do you say we start practicing this? Are you guys tracking with me so far? I got a practical step for us that I would like us to do if you can receive this word. This next year for us, as a, as a family, I want us to be an example to the world of hope and what kingdom people look like in the middle of an American election year. And who knows what else, right? There's probably some other lottery prizes we didn't even think of yet. <laughs> I have so many jokes, but not enough time. But that we can demonstrate and make God famous for the way that we love him so well and actually embrace growing in intimacy and trust with him when we don't have the, the information and growing in, 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 in intimacy with one another while we're walking through something where I promise you we're not going to agree on the strategies in this house Everybody in this house is not going to vote the same. It's just not going to happen. So let's not gather around that. But everybody in this house has chosen Jesus Christ, and he's going to keep us together as a family in spite of what's happening in the middle of this election year. That's not the only thing I'm talking about. I'm just saying it's just kind of a little bugaboo at the moment, right? But we're going to grow in intimacy and peace and be a demonstration of what's possible because Jesus Christ is our Lord. Are you excited? So we're coming up into Lent. And each year we do a fast. Um, Well, I shouldn't say each year. There was a couple we didn't. But most years we do a fast. And this year what we're doing is we're aligning our fasting time uh, with the the church calendar of, of Lent. And so, um, does anybody here know what Lent is? A couple of you. Yeah, I know. The Catholics are super good at it. (laughs) The Protestant church does it too. I gave you this little half sheet so you can can learn up on it a little bit. But I'm just going to give you a a quick little little synopsis here 
Lent is a 40 days is 40 days long, and what the Lenten season serves as a time of repentance, self-examination, and spiritual renewal renewal in preparation for the joyous celebration of Easter. It's 40 days long. It's symbolic and represents the time Jesus spent fasting in the wilderness before beginning his public ministry. So what we're doing is aligning. There's believers that are all over the world right now, and they all fast during Lent. So in the spirit of being part of God's one church, we thought it would be really cool to align our time of fasting with theirs. Now, here's the emphasis that I want to invite us as a family to make in our fasting. And here's what it is. I want us to do, and I feel like, by the way, I want to say I want us to, but I felt, I do feel like the Lord is inviting us into this. So I do need to be forthright with you. This wasn't really my idea. People have done it. Um, Steve Backlund has led people in this quite a bit. Um, and, but it was, as I was praying about like, what do we do this year? This is what I felt like the Lord put on my heart. So I'm submitting that to you. I feel like the Lord put this on my heart. So a negativity fast and a positivity feast. Now I'm going to share a couple scriptures with you as to what that <laughs> could look like, but it's essentially this Luke six forty five says this. And since we're looking at specifically not sinning with our lips, as Job did, that we would fast from things that would cause us to be speaking negative things in this world and meditating on negative things, but that we would instead be focusing on what God has called to focus on. Luke 6, 45 says this, a good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good, and the evil person out of his evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. I read that, and I knew I was going to preach about it, and I was like, oh. And I knew I was going to preach about it, and I still felt, felt fresh conviction of how many things that come out of my mouth, and I really don't want to believe that they're coming out of the abundance of my heart. Are, are you guys with me? Is anybody in here sarcastic and like sarcastic humor? Yeah, you're my people, right? Doesn't it kind of hurt a little bit to know that's coming out of the abundance of our heart? Yeah, ouch, that, that's exactly right. I'm like, oh no, like, yes, I'm getting the big laugh, but what I'm really doing is cynically criticizing. I'm not speaking a blessing. I am cynically criticizing right now. And it's not something that I just sort of noticed, like, isn't that hilarious? Ha ha ha, everybody, let's laugh together. No, this is the garbage leaking out of me and Brian Crow. He's right over there, his heart. I just started feeling alone, so I just throw my friend under the bus. Went, <laughs> please forgive me, brother. I'm sorry. I know he can take it, though. Look at him. He's such a specimen. He's beautiful. Just, mm, he can handle it. Somebody that good looking needs to be humbled every once in a while. That's right. Nobody's safe, huh? <laughs> okay. We can, when we, we can talk at lunch, I'll repent. Um, <laughs> I've completely lost my... I'm just kidding. Out of... Out of the abundance of our heart, our mouth speaks. So I have to ask myself, what am I meditating on then that has become abundant in my heart? So that these things, right? Let's, maybe we should call them triggers, right? Maybe we should call them temptations. These temptations. Lord, deliver us from temptation. Bring out of my heart because it's what I've been meditating on. These negative things. 
So doing a negativity fast, though, doesn't mean that we're in denial about the negative things. I mean, you guys, have you noticed there's a few broken things going on in the world? And you know that you're the answer, right? So we can't, we can't, we can't come be a help and extend the kingdom by ignoring the broken areas, by ignoring the negative things. So it's not denial, but here's what it is. We're not in denial about what's happening that's negative. We're focusing on God instead. So what does that look like? In fact, listen to this, John 16, 33. I, it's, it, here's, here's Jesus's words. I've said these things to you that in me you may have peace. Oh, that, sound, that feels good, Lord. Because in the world you will have tribulation. <laughs> but take heart, I've overcome the world. Jesus was not in denial. He's saying, hey, I'm telling you what's gonna happen so that you can be at peace as it happens. You're gonna have trouble. Just turn to your neighbor and say, good news. You're gonna have trouble. Yeah. Yeah, doesn't that feel, doesn't that feel good? It's kind of a relief. Like, oh, good, I'm, now I don't have to worry. I hate surprises. Hate surprises, now I know what's coming. It's awesome. So it's not the absence of troubles but it's rather the presence of peace. We're looking to the king and his kingdom and we can meditate on what he is doing instead of meditating on what's wrong. Are you with me? We have to acknowledge what's wrong. In fact, uh, Philippians 4, 4 through 9, this is gonna really unpack it for you on how we might be meditating on what's good and what's right and how we'd be praying about but then rejecting meditating on what's broken and what's wrong. Let's, let's look at this together. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I will say rejoice. Oh, I like that. I like that. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. That's its own preach right there. So just write that down for yourself and then go meditate on this. Beautiful. The Lord is at hand. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So, I mean, that just unpacks it. That, that's us meditating on what's right. We're not taking time to be anxious. We're being at peace, but we're, we're functionally, let me, in fact, let me, just show, let, me, let me just show you what that would look like, okay? So we're not in denial about something bad happening. Recently, I had a, a, just a bummer, okay? I shared with you earlier about all these leaders that are just biting the dust, you know? It's just such a drag, well, in their leadership, it's being exposed, what they've been hiding. Bill Hybels, my guy, I love Bill. And Dag Nabbit, that guy had another part of his life that was going on at the same time. Broke my heart, broke my heart. What's our, what's our guy, our Indian buddy that we love? Um, yeah, Ravi, come on, Ravi. Dude, you guys know what I'm talking about? Ravi Zacharias, another guy, gave in, having all these affairs, taking advantage of these poor women. And God in his goodness and his mercy rescued these ladies that these dudes were taking advantage of because he's good. And he exposed what these guys were doing. And there's, there's just, you know, name after name after name. And now our brother Mike Bickle, man, he's same deal. He's got some stuff cooking. And the Lord in his goodness brought it to the light so that, so that Mike can repent and whatever that looks like for his future. I don't know. Uh, he doesn't need to be leading IHOP anymore for sure but whatever path God's gonna walk him down. But now these women and these people that were being led by somebody who was giving into this are no longer under that influence of that hypocrisy and, and wickedness that was going on. God brought the light, but it breaks my heart. So what I'm, gonna, what I'm not gonna do 
is I'm, I'm not going to pretend like it doesn't break my heart that these leaders, all of which have done incredible things and then allowed themselves to give in to little temptations, little by little, let them grow in the dark. They got worse and worse and worse to the point to where they needed to be taken out of positions of leadership. And, and, and that was for the good. That was for the good. So how do I have a negativity fast and a positivity feast in the midst of my guy, Mike Bickle? What would that look like? Do I just deny that something bad happened? Like, well, you know, I don't want to think about that right now because right now I'm in the middle of a 40-day negativity fast, so I just need to deny that even happened. I'm, which, I can't, sorry, middle of a negativity feast. You're a negative person. Don't tell me about any bad news. That's not what it is. <laughs> what you're going to do, yeah, yeah, Steve's getting ahead of me. How dare you, sir? No, good job, buddy. What I'm going to do is I'm going to acknowledge like, oh, God, that's terrible. This, this person who has been someone I've really appreciated in the past, I had no idea this was going on, but you knew. But I've appreciated what they've done. I've appreciated their passion for God, their passion for prayer, their calling young people to pray and to believe for God to come and fulfill his promises. Lord, I, I've appreciated that, the commitment to Israel and your promises for your people, your chosen people, to come back. Lord, I've appreciated all that. But Lord, this has come up, and it breaks my heart. And I bring it before you, and I ask that you'd work this to good. But I thank you. I thank you, Lord, that those who have been affected under his leadership, those girls that, were, that, that he had manipulated into and pulled into this, that they're free from that now that you're beginning a healing process, that this has come into the light. I thank you that judgment starts in your house. Lord, that you don't let your people get away with sinning against you and you hide it. No, you bring it out, Lord. You bring it out and you bring repentance. And I, th- and I pray, and this has been prayer. I've been praying. We've talked as a team about this. Lord, I thank you. This is an opportunity for us to check our house. Lord, is there anything growing in my closet right now, Lord? Is there any stuff... Are there any little foxes in my life, Lord? Is there, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to make you nervous, but I, I don't know if you guys know this, but I am a human and I am completely unimpressed with myself, but I'm very impressed with him and his grace. And I'm very impressed with what I can do if I will live in the light, I'm gonna be okay. Are you with me? And these kinds of things, they're to strengthen us. They're to cause us to say, you know what? Is there a part of my life that's not in the light, Lord? I ask that you'd go deep right now because I'd rather come and bring myself into the light than to get it to the point where you have to bring it into the light. So I thank you, God, and I ask that you would do that. I ask that, this has been my prayer. Lord, do this for us as a leadership. Do this for us as a family at Christ Center, Lord. If there's anything growing in our lives, God, would you bring it into the light in your mercy? Let us repent now rather than confess later. Are you with me? I mean, you're going to confess that you, you guys are with me, right? And, but then I'm, but then you know what I'm not going to do? I'm not going to keep meditating on this. Does that make sense? And that's a hard one. That's a hard one. That's a personal one for me. But for the next 40 days, starting February 14th, as we go through Lent, that when negative things come up, that we would be committed to immediately committing it to prayer. Finding how we can pivot back towards his promises and how he might work it to good 
not denying bad things are happening. We must pray. We're people of prayer. We're not going to stop looking at the things that happen, but we're going to embrace it and we're going to turn it into a prayer. And then we're going to go back to the second part here. Come with me, uh, Philippians 4. I believe it's first. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you've learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. That we would be taking our time then to meditate on what God is doing, on who God is, on everything that's pure and right and good. And we're spending our time filling our hearts with that instead of what I mentioned earlier, where it's like my, my cynical criticism of others that comes out as sarcasm. Now I'm just spilling all my dirty laundry for you guys today. But I, I hope it's helpful because I'm taking this serious to go, you know what? I mean, ask my daughter, Autumn, sometimes it sucks to live with me. I know it's a shock for you guys because I'm so fun here. And, <laughs> but, but it does because I'll have, we all have those things in life that bother us, right? I mean, less, oh, I, have, I have, okay, thank you, Jesus. As the Holy Spirit like Josh. We were just talking about sinning with your lips. What am I meditating on? So for these 40 days that we would fill our hearts with whatever's good, whatever's pure, whatever's a good report. How many of you guys love to hear good news? Right? I mean, we get to be the carriers of good news, but it only works if we've been meditating on good news. Otherwise, you're just going to sound like me in my bad moments. And so what do you guys say? Would you make this a part of your fasting this year that we, we together, that we would fast from negativity and that we would feast on whatever's good, whatever's right, whatever's pure. And it's gonna be uh, a little bit of a challenge uh, because you will find actually very quickly how many times we say just really unhelpful things. There's a scripture that says, let your, let your, uh, let your, um, Words, be seasoned with salt, profitable for the hearer. Well, that is just a novel idea, isn't it? I'm like, golly, like, I, I, I kind of wonder, like, how many times I'm motivated by that, like, using that as a filter, like, because, you know, for me, I'm like, you know, let my words be funny and, like, amusing for me to say is, unfortunately, I think sometimes my filter, I'm like, this is going to be very funny. Just ask the team. They're like, oh, don't, please don't say that in public. But... <laughs> Now I'm actually starting to feel a little insecure. I'm starting to have vulnerability hangover right now. But (laughs) if I begin to to think about like, is is what I'm about to say, like go go with me on this, is what I'm about to say profitable for God to hear? Is it profitable for the person that I'm talking to to hear? Or is it just something that's leaking out of a heart that spent too much time thinking about things that I needed to just pray about and leave with Jesus and get back to meditating on whatever is good and pure and right. And this is going to be a lot of fun, honestly, but I just want you to know it sounds easier than it is at first. So get ready. Shall we do this together? All right, so February 14th, we're going to start. Now, what I've done 
is I've gone through and I picked out 40 verses. You've got this little half sheet. I was hoping everybody would take it home with them. We'll have some more. And we're kicking this off on February 14th. Um, also, uh, Carly will be finding out some other ways to just keep reminding us, but we'll keep, we'll keep talking about this and going after this. But each day, you've got a scripture that you can meditate on. So that can get us started. And so there's a lot of goodies. I was in Psalms. I got saved like nine times. I'm like, golly, this is really amazing. I should read this more often instead of what I've been reading. Um, <laughs> it's always the news. How come, how come they don't have good news? All right, I'm wrapping it up. Okay, here we go. Why don't you stand up? Let's pray. Are you guys ready? Let's, let's do this. I believe this is going to be amazing. You know, one of the things that uh, some of you too might have to come to grips with is during this 40 days fasting for negativity and uh, meditating on positivity, you might have to do a media fast. Uh, some of you, you know who you are. You, you might just have to do a full media fast. And believe me, if something's important enough to hear about it, other people are going to tell you anyway. So, all right. All right. I had a whole nother really cool stuff about how the world has stuff for sale and it uses fear to sell it, but that's all you get. Let's pray. <laughs> Lord Jesus, we're thankful that you've invited us in this season to grow in intimacy with you and with one another. Lord, that we're going to get to trust you in places where we might not have the knowledge, but we have something better. We have you, Jesus Christ, the tree of life. And we want to choose intimacy with you. We want, like Job, to be those that are not sinning with our lips, Lord, but are finding ourselves closer and closer and better friends of you. Lord, we would like to, in this season and always, be the kind of friends that you can look at and say, they're in it because they love me and they trust me. And even if things aren't going the way they hoped they would, that draws them closer to me, not further. That's what we want, Lord. Do you guys agree? Is that what you want? So Lord, I ask that you would please by your Holy Spirit, we don't want this to be a gimmick. We want to grow in meditating and allowing what's good and pure and right of a good report to be so much in our hearts that when our mouths speak, it's profitable to the hearer. It releases hope. It builds up those that hear us. And because of what we're saying, other people come and say, tell me more about this kingdom and this king, Jesus Christ. That's our, that's our ask today, Lord. Thank you that you hear us. Amen.